0: VA Health & Benefits, official mobile app for VA Health & Benefits. VA's official mobile app is a smarter, more convenient way for veterans to manage and carry their VA Health & Benefits information. One veteran notes, I went into my local hardware store and logged into my VA mobile app. A quick glance at my phone showed them I was a veteran, and I was able to get the veteran discount without any paperwork. It was easy and convenient. Download the app via the Apple Store at https: colon forward slash forward slash apple dot co forward slash three uppercase J lowercase B lowercase K nine uppercase O lowercase L or download the app via the Google Play Store at https: colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash 3 uppercase q 5 lowercase q 9 uppercase l 5.
1: Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm the host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network, co-produced by Sinister One Productions. You can find out more on Hoobazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asac Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my veteran-owned business supporters, Simper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, and... Quezon Shaving Company. And 2023 is off to a fast start, as you already know. And I am just pleased as Punch today to bring you a, a, a fresh new um face here at Oscar Mike Radio. I was on her show. She's on mine now. She is an amazing veteran from the Navy. Jenna Carlton, welcome. Welcome, I say, to Oscar Mike Radio. <laughs>
2: Hi, Travis. Thank you so much. It is an absolute pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. And hey, Jenna, I got my little crochet action going, so I'll be doing that while we talk. If you don't mind.
2: Never. I never mind. Um, can I see those colors? They look yeah, gorgeous. Wow, sure. oh, really cool.
1: It's all one skinny yarn, but it flows nicely. So I'm just gonna, you know, do this like we did the last time. So ladies and gentlemen, she had me on her show, the millennial veteran. We'll get into that in a minute. And we crocheted during the whole time. It was really like kind of cool. So I'm kind of just keeping that alive now. But anyway, enough about all that. You're a veteran. We meet on the the Coalition Podcast Veterans Group, and I'm like, you know, it's a really good message. I got really curious. So kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about Jenna in your Navy career. I'm very interested to learn more about you. And uh, let's get the let's get the show started.
2: All right. So I'm. I'm Jenna, known in online spaces as the Millennial Veteran, and that's kind of a play on, uh, you know, the word millennial kind of has a, a taboo. It's got a, a connotation to it where, you know, they're lazy, whatnot. So I'm here to here to show that the next generation of veterans is um, ready to show up, ready to continue serving and be of service to the veteran community. I was in the Navy from 2013 to 2017, and I served as a, a weather girl, aerographer's mate. And, um, I got to go on a few different ships. I did a deployment on an aircraft carrier, which was a lot of fun. Um, but eventually I decided it was not a career for me and I got out and went to school.
1: How important is weather service to the Navy? Cause. I almost got into weather in the Marine Corps and kind of find out it was, it was not all just like step outside, step outside. Okay. The sunshine, right. Was it more than that, Jenna?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we did meteorology, which is the weather part. And then we also did oceanography, which is like the waves and stuff, which is important being on a ship. Um, And then there's also hydrology, which is the study of like, uh, oh gosh, I might mess this up, but more of just like shores, like how far are tides going to be different wave points. So yeah, it's very important, especially when you're dealing with aircraft and you need to know um, ceiling heights for the clouds and whatnot.
1: No kidding. So, I I mean, I mean, you know, I always, there's a clip on the internet where the Arlie Burke is going through uh, the ways and is going next to an aircraft carrier and that thing just eats it like a champ. Were there, were there ever any times where you had to tell the the captain or your, you know, senior officer, Hey, you know, we're in for a rough ride in the next couple hours.
2: Yes. So the, the highest waves I saw is when I was on a hospital ship, which is a flat bottom ship. So it can't take a lot of waves and we were going to help out on, I think it was hurricane matthew we were going to do relief down in haiti so we were heading towards like like the hurricane was leaving and we were coming in so we were getting all that the outskirts of the storm and yeah it was like 10 foot waves on that flat bottom it, it was rough <laughs> had
1: to be had to be so you do weather service for four years and you transition and you know, when I transitioned, there was nothing. So I'm thinking to myself, as I'm getting ready to do this, it must've been easy for you. There, there was no challenge whatsoever, right? Because you have all these amazing things, right? Right.
2: Right. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I went back and forth for a while. Uh, if I wanted to stay And I think we all kind of questioned that a little bit, but um, yeah, that first year is tough. I've I've talked to select few that have said that first year was easy. Uh, As you know, it's, you got to start over and you're starting over, not just with career, you're starting over as your identity. Who are you without the military? You're starting over financially. You're losing um, your, your steady income, you know, even like medically. It's, it is a lot, (laughs)
1: So you, so you get out and you transition, you know, what's that like? Did you bounce around with different jobs or did you have a job lined up? You know, how, how did that work for you?
2: So I decided to go to school. My husband got stationed um, up in Maryland and I was like, I'll go with you. So I applied to the the nearest school And, um, I think it was like my third week. I finally got invited to go out with some seniors who were my age, you know, they were drinking age and we went out to a bar and, you know, hung out and I was so excited. I finally met friends and the next morning I had a positive pregnancy test. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I find
1: a way, Jenna.
2: It, it really did. So I, I spent the majority of the rest of that first year um, by myself. That's when I picked up crochet. I really threw myself into into school. Um, but yeah, it was mentally a, a challenging time because in the military, you know, that's how we socialize, go out for drinks. Um, a lot of that centered around drinking and you can't do that when you're pregnant. So I really had to kind of relearn um, how to socially interact with people, I guess.
1: Well, it wasn't a bad thing nine months later, right?
2: No, um, I don't know. <laughs> that was also a struggle.
1: <laughs> now, did you forgive your husband when he came back? Like, you know, a lot of husbands like, Phew. I missed all the, all the, you know, late night, you know, food runs and all that stuff that must, you never think about it from a guy's standpoint, but that had to be challenging. Seriously.
2: Yeah. So he was, he was, you know, he was on shore duty at that time. So we were together um, the whole pregnancy. He was there helping me dealing with me, but I, yeah, she was a, she was a rough baby and a rough newborn. So that whole first year was, it was a challenge.
1: <laughs> I had it pretty easy compared to you then, but still you, you're, you're going through school, you're going through these massive life adjustments. You know, when did it start? What was the next step? When did it start? Kind of, I, I use this term loosely starting to start to even out a little bit.
2: I would say it was my second year I did an internship. And that's when I really found a passion. I found a purpose again, where I could continue serving. And my internship was at the House Committee of Veterans Affairs um, up in DC. So I would commute there every day. And you know I got really into like the policy, what bills they were passing to help out veterans. And that's where I, I um, learned more about the veteran community and, and kind of really took on that title of a veteran. And realize like I it's my passion to help veterans.
1: Now, wait a minute. It it sounds like you you did this, but did you ever feel like you weren't a veteran? Is that what I'm hearing?
2: Yeah. So when I, when I got out, um, you know, I was 23. I'm, I'm a woman. I just didn't feel like I earned that title yet. Or I just I didn't know anyone else that looked like me that was a veteran. So it kind of took me a while. I'm mostly just like, you know, like, oh, the military, that was just something I did. That's why I get free college. Um, and then when I, I saw the reactions of my classmates or even my professors at school, when I did mention that I was a veteran, it wasn't that positive. It was kind of like, oh, um, why did you do that? What, what's that about? Um, I, I think you're a certain way. Uh, so I kind of just, I never led with that. I kind of just left it. Um, and I kept it to myself.
1: <laughs> that, that had to be difficult on several levels because. You know, you can see other people, you know, in our community, you know, your, your demographic, my demographic, who, I mean, no matter where they are, you know, that they serve and they're proud of it and they're, they're welcomed was it was it a sense of like oh, i don't want to have to explain and deal with it or was there was there a tinge of um i wouldn't say shame but uh, just uneasiness having to be different
2: yeah I, th- I think it was that too it probably was the uneasiness of being different and trying to explain um why i would make that choice i guess uh yeah and there's just so many um so many stereotypes, I guess, that go along with it of, um, you know, being a veteran that I, yeah, I'd just rather not explain it.
1: Understandable. Understandable. So you, 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 you get out, you have a, a, an infant newborn, you're going to DC every day. I can't imagine working at one of the biggest places for veterans in this country. You got to have some good stories. What was that like?
2: It was, it was cool. You felt important walking into that building, you know, they have the um, security guards, they have, you got to walk through uh, all that. There's always like congressmen and women walking around. You're trying to see who you're spotting. It, it it was cool. And then it was also like, I was in the know on what, what's hot right now. And by that, I mean, like if there was an issue uh, at the time, it was a lot of talk about VA VA police officers they were having a lot of issues so everyone was trying to write legislation on that trying to you know be a voice for that and then I saw a lot of that that um like showmanship of politics <laughs> can you imagine that right
1: <laughs> well kind of is a show right it's, I mean I, I don't disagree with you
2: yeah yeah there was a lot of like Oh, well, the Republicans are doing this. So we're going to write this or the Democrats are writing this. So we're going to write a bill to, you know, compete with that. Yeah. A lot of, um,
1: Did you ever get to talk to any veterans? Did any veterans ever try calling, you know, there to get help or anything?
2: Yes. So a lot of veterans, especially older. Yeah. Yeah. They would, um, I swear they would just Google like VA and, Our number would come up and they would call sometimes they would think it was the VA I'd have to, I had to redirect a lot of calls and a lot of them would just be isolated. There's so many in our community that are isolated. They don't have anyone to talk to. So they would just call and kind of vent to me. Some would call like my frequent callers.
1: How did you get those phone calls, Jenna?
2: I that was my job as an intern was to answer the so. phone.
1: Was it your job as an intern or was it like, hey, we oh, have the I younger new, we have the new guy, new gal here. Let's give those to her.
2: Yes, yeah, and also um being a veteran, not everyone that works there is a veteran. There is a few which is is awesome, but they would most veterans want to talk to another veteran and they felt like they could relate to me, even though there was decades between us, uh, very different conflicts that we were involved in. They felt more comfortable just talking with me because I was a veteran.
1: So, so tell me you're, you're talking to, you know, have to be a, a Gulf war one Vietnam or Korean war veteran. Mm -hmm. And you're understandably younger than them. I mean, you could be their daughter, you know, or granddaughter even. What's going through your mind as this gentleman? I'm not saying you didn't talk to any women, but what's going through your mind? You're talking to this veteran who's just trying to get help or the thing that's common to a lot of us is deal with that loneliness. You know, how are you processing this? At
2: first, it, it emotionally was a lot uh, I think I I really wanted to help everyone as much as I could. I wanted their their stories to be heard. There was years of pain because people would call in um who were affected with Agent Orange, and now their kids, their grandkids are having spina bifida and problems like that, and they still haven't gotten their claim through. So I mean, how can you listen to call after call like that and? And you don't have any hope in the system anymore when people like that are falling through their crack through the cracks, and it even hurts more to hear Vietnam veterans because they were drafted; they didn't even volunteer to serve; they had no choice. So it was very heartbreaking. A lot.
1: And and so you 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 deal with that throughout the day of your work. Hey, just hey, you know. Carlton, you're on the, on the phone today. Were there some long rides home to decompress after those kinds of days?
2: I would take the bus home and yeah, I would, it was like, I'd stare out the window for a while. Um, It it was hard. And like some of the hardest thing was, is that everyone else was used to this, right? I mean, that's, that's just part of the machine. It's going to keep going. They hear stories like that all the time. They know they can't, anything so everyone else was kind of hardened to that while i was like wow why can't we help these people
1: that is a question right for a lot of us no matter when and where you serve is like why can't we help them and that's i don't know man you're hitting me in the fields when you tell me that there's people who are just hardened to it. it's no big deal to them anymore that, that really, uh, that really is something you do this job for a while. And then you, I understand that you transition out of this job. What, what was, what was the decision to say? You know, what, it's time for me to move into a different direction?
2: So it was, uh, only an internship and that was for the summer. And then I was going on to complete my senior year, but before that internship, you know, I had hopes of this would lead me to a job on Capitol Hill. Uh, and by the end of the summer, I was like, I cannot go back there. I I just, I'm not cut out for that.
1: What did you do after your internship then?
2: So I went back to school, completed my senior year. And then um, the pandemic hit right before I graduated. <laughs> I graduated in 2020 uh, and I, um, I started working for a nonprofit just from home a few hours a day, and he was a Navy commander who ran this nonprofit on the side. And he was really inspiring to me on how to like run things for a nonprofit and just, you know, how to put yourself out there and build a community, I guess. So that's kind of how I ended up on my next adventure of the millennial veterans.
1: The millennial veterans. So, you know, the stage folks is, you know, we're part of this podcast group for veterans called the, the coalition. And, you know, we share information and updates, so on and so forth. And, you know, I get to check out the millennial veteran and I'm like, millennial, this ought to be interesting. And it's, it's you talking with other veterans, primarily from your demographic or primarily from your perspective as millennial, um, which got me thinking, you know, there, there's us, and it's kind of weird, Jenna. In some circles, I'm still the baby of the group. But to you and your crew, I'm the old dinosaur. It's it's a weird thing. I'm not old enough to be fully old. That's what I'm trying to say. So so, how is it being as as young young as you are, trying to navigate? What you all are going through now, with older veterans who sometimes, let's be honest here, you know we don't understand you all.
2: No, no. So last week I joined TikTok. Why? I don't know. Really, really regretting the decision. But that kind of put me in front of an audience. And TikTok, you think younger people, but there are a lot of older people that use that app. And it showed because I had some older veterans say, why would you want to call yourself a millennial veteran? Oh, and then I was describing like the community we got going on. Like we are paving the way where the future generation of veterans. And they were, they were like, Oh, you, you forgot to say, you, you forgot to say stopped And I'm like, <laughs>
1: Yeah. That young whippersnappers snappers trying to tell us how it's gonna be who she thinks she is
2: yeah yes it was a lot of that so um I I it just kind of reinforced my drive and my mission that we can have a future of the veteran community we're not we're not all hard and there's nothing wrong with being hard or soft but we do we like to talk about our problems we like to talk about how to fix them and again every veteran all the generations going back to the civil war the revolutionary war we have the main problems readjusting into back into society ptsd um sexual assault all those are pretty much the same, but how we want to fix those, how we want to find solutions, that's, what's going to change because new technology, new information. And, and that's just, that's, what's changing.
1: So is that truly the mission of the millennial veterans? You know, so that 20, you know, 30, 40 years from now, the foundation you're building now will not only benefit, you know, people who are now my age, but also leave something behind for the younger veterans.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely, and that starts with changing that culture in the veteran community because it's not always welcoming to everyone. And as you see the the this every year we get more women veterans, we go get more veterans of colors. it's changing. The demographics are changing, and right now, not all women feel safe in the veteran community. Um, There's not a, you know, it's just, it's just changing. So we want to make sure that everyone feels welcomed and know that they have a space in this community.
1: Well, that's one of the things that I see with your group versus say when I got out and 10 years after that is you can get out of the military and if you do it right, you can be connected with other veterans or even your active duty crewmates from day one, whereas it took a while to even connect back to the people I served with, much less find people here I could, you know, relate to. So I, I think that's a very cool thing that that kind of, you know, space is there that you've created. Um, you know, thinking about space you created, you created this space. You saw a need during COVID and you got it going. What's been What's been some of the challenges of, of, of keeping it going and, and, and the challenges you see in our community, you know, by talking to these other veterans?
2: Yes. Um, so that's, that's the power of being online and everyone's online. That's where millennials are. Uh, and I see a lot of, um, just people feeling welcome in our group that haven't felt welcome anywhere else. Um, like going to the VFW, the American Legion. A lot of people don't want to be around that drinking culture anymore. And I've even had a few people say that they weren't believed that, because at the VFW, you have to have served in a um, foreign war or combat zone. And they weren't even believed when they, they asked for proof that they had served over there. And they, yeah, so... They were like, "Why? this is supposed to be for veterans. Why do I have to, um, you know, I, I can prove to you, but I just, I don't feel welcome here. So that that's what I get a lot of stories like that.
1: What are some of the good things that have happened to you personally from doing a little millennial veteran, how is it, how has it impacted and maybe changed your life, Jenna?
2: Yes, this is a great question, because it has, it's definitely changed my life. It's pulled me out of a depression. Um, right before I started it, it, I was like, you know, spiraling. Um, And this just gave me a purpose, something I can really throw myself into something I can be creative with, um, and connecting with others. I think you as a host, you know that there's nothing more special than connecting with someone and helping them share their stories. Um, Even talking with you, you've helped me um you know even tune my stories or dig out parts of my life that I haven't even thought of so there there's nothing more special than that and just um knowing that you can connect if you connect a resource with a person and then they get back to you and they tell you like that really helped me out thank you or just seeing others connect in the community or share a laugh or share a funny memory it's just it's so uplifting
1: I want to tell you that that night, you know, I was on with you. Here I am, the old dinosaur. But I'm thinking to myself, how cool is it? We've never met in real life ever. Different branches, different times, different everything. But here we are, you know, sitting there, crocheting our blankets, you know, talking it up. Just having a good time and really sharing, you know, our experience. And I'm like, this is something... Good, different in mm-hmm. a good way. And I, I love the fact that you're taking this and leading on this and showing people that it can be done because that's the thing, you know, the younger people think that, you know, us old guys and I'm, I'm, I'm not old enough guys, I guess, <laughs> but you have to understand for us older veterans, you know, how, how do I relate? Like, you know, some 60 year old guy I talked he's like, I don't know how to talk to these youngins. They, they play this thing called Madden and and cod what's cod Travis
2: <laughs>
1: and I felt I felt bad because you know if he felt like he wanted to be able to hear your stories and understand what's going on and do you do you feel there's a wealth of information from those older veterans that you all could benefit from
2: absolutely I feel like there's um there's Kind of like, like an idea of what you know they want to prove that they they got war stories. They went through this. There's almost like the like I earned my right to be here uh, type thing. But then there's also, you know, once once you cut through all that, there's there's that vulnerability that the life stories, the life lessons, those like true ones. Um, that I've gotten from people
1: that i Let me change it up a little bit. Because, you know, I, I've talked to several women on this show, but I, I definitely, you brought something that I want to kind of dig into for a minute, if you don't mind. You, you mentioned that a lot, a lot of women, you know, don't feel accepted or comfortable or safe in these traditional spaces or in general. So what can we do in your mind to make our space is more comfortable for women because you all are here you're not going away and the numbers are going to grow over the next 10 years for certain what should we be doing now
2: i would say doing exactly what you're doing um keep inviting women veterans on keep sharing their stories being a voice for them something that i know you do um and and to others just invite them to the table Give them a space for their voice. Ask them what their needs are um, and just keep advocating for them.
1: What do you think women need or do they need the same things as male veterans do? Or I guess what needs do they have that maybe me as a guy don't really think about?
2: So right now, if you go to a lot of VA clinics, I I can start there. Um, They're just not set up for women. And I mean, that's reasonable because they don't have a lot of women that go there. There's a lot of women that won't even go to the VA. So I think really it starts with culturally just setting up those welcoming spaces. Um, And then a lot of VAs don't even have women's services, which is... yeah, yeah, even um, maternity care, they don't have maternity care. A lot of it is outpatient. So you'll go out in town, um, which I mean, that has its perks too. Sometimes you get to go to a, a closer area, but um, it, it doesn't leave it very consistent because when I was going from my women's clinic back to the VA, there was no communication on what I needed. And that might've been a place to catch like my postpartum depression. So it does have its downfalls.
1: Is there an aspect to where there needs to be more, you said, you know, VAs need to be more set for women, but also thinking about it, you know, it must be difficult to network with other women veterans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, just met another uh women woman who's a veteran podcaster because that's kind of kind of rare rare. Yeah. yeah so i thought that was cool who was my age um which which yeah it's becoming more and more and like we said online spaces it's easy to connect and even though in the military sometimes women can be hard on each other especially Like leadership, I feel like when you're on the other side, it's just, you know, we want to empower each other. We feel each other's pain and it's, it's really special when we get together and are able to talk.
1: I don't know, Jenna. I mean, when I was in the Marine Corps, it was like having more sisters that were just love to annoy me and and (laughs) hug me for no reason at all. I couldn't wait to get on. I'm like, this is crazy. Freaking way, man. (laughs) Terrible, terrible. (laughs) I, I love what? them all. I love, I love them all, right? But I mean, I get told what to do, and I'm like, "What, what do you care?" But uh, yes. that just that just go to them all the more. As you move into the future with the millennial veteran, you, where do you see yourself in 2023? Because you know it, it's it's I, I've seen your show, and you had the links to Jenna's show and the Oscar Mike Radio show post, but you're already off to a fast start in 2023. What do, you, what do you what do you see where do you see yourself in a year
2: so honestly i'm super happy where we're at we got this kind of tight-knit community that's growing um we get new members every week which is awesome um i see us continuing the vet chats which is on sundays ig live um just talking sharing each other's stories i'm also working on a project i guess i can talk about now But I'm um, creating like a workbook for veterans that they can work on anytime post-service. And it's a lot of reflecting. It's a lot of um, reconstructing your life and a lot of planning for the future, which kind of based on my own experience going through that first year and just um, trying to find myself again.
1: Well, uh, let me know when when it comes out. So one, I can do it. And two, have you back on.
2: Yes. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I have, I have like a a hard date set for April. So hopefully it'll be out before June.
1: What, what led you to, to do that project?
2: So I, I started journaling every day and it just helped me so, so much to reflect and just even like have gratitude for more things. It was kind of like a gratitude journal and um, I started kind of just creating my own prompts and I created two prompts a day and I was just kind of jotting it down. And then um, someone was like, well, wouldn't you like to create that for the veteran community? Like a, a journal that people could do every day. And I was like, yeah, that would, that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Um, but I don't want to call it a journal <laughs> because I want everyone to like, look at it and it'd be like, you know, something you can work on. You can work on yourself through it.
1: I can't wait to check it out. It doesn't matter if you just went in the military or you've been out for 40, 50 years. We veterans love to complain. You know, I don't know about your shipmates or your, you know, you know, officers on ship our officers only got really worried about us when we didn't complain anymore. That's when they're like, Hey, what's going on? You know, but let's talk about gratitude. You know, it's easy to sit there and complain. It all sucks and whatever, but as a veteran and as an American, you know, what are you grateful for at this point in your life?
2: Oh, another great question. Of course. Um, I'm thankful for my family. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to have a family. I've been writing letters to my kids since I was like in my early teenage years. So I'm so grateful for that. This is my dream. Um, I'm I think we take for granted just like the amount of freedom we have with knowledge, especially on the internet. Like not every country is able to watch whatever they want, learn about whatever they want. You know, we have so many books. We almost have like anything you want to learn about, you can watch a YouTube video. That's incredible. Um, I could go on and on about everything. Just having like clean air outside. I There's think, so much.
1: Likewise, I'm I'm thankful for for my family and my sons, and um, you know, e- even though um, you know, life's throwing some curveballs, uh, I'm thankful for the ability for you know, us veterans to be able to reboot our lives. I think it's what makes us special, right, Jenna is is we have to, you know, like you said, we have to restart all over again. And mm-hmm. sometimes several times when we're very good at it. And I'm, I'm grateful for the adaptability.
2: Yes. Yeah. Veterans are so resilient. I mean, we have gone through so much and still end up, I mean, you You hear stories all the time of just those who have served and continue that service, whether it's through a nonprofit, volunteering, um, going out, joining the Peace Corps. You just hear so much more.
1: Last question, though. Um, Well, not last question. We could talk all night. But uh, maybe last topic. Um, Any thoughts on the PACT Act getting signed?
2: Mm -hmm great question um you know i took I, t- I had to take a break from really diving into all of that so i'm not too up to date on yeah, that that's fine that's fine and i feel um a little embarrassed that i don't but uh yeah i i don't even want to comment on it until i know everything right. because intentionally it is good but about like the you know how it's been received i i don't know <laughs>
1: Well, I, I think, I think so. I think the the two biggest things have happened in our community is the, the prior administration, president Trump signed the law saying that, Hey, you and I could go, if we're v- VA patients and it's mm-hmm. not working out for us, we can go to our primary, we can get primary care somewhere else at a doctor's office and the VA will still reimburse us, which I thought was like, you know what, if you're having to wait six months, uh, you know, six weeks to get seen. And a uh, civilian uh, so doctor can see you in a week. Why not? Right. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, uh, uh, done. The, the thing that I'm, I'm kind of curious how the PAC act's going to work with regard to, you know, the expansion on, you know, the burn pits and stuff is, are we, we going to get to these veterans in time and are we going to be able to process mm-hmm. these claims efficiently? And like you, I'm not really sure how that's all going to work because, there's some very serious side effects from being exposed to the burn pits. So, you yeah. know, it's just something that I ask a lot of veterans. Some, some don't really know what it is. Um, what I'm hoping is that it will hopefully get to the veterans in time before, like they could become like the agent orange veterans and it's generational. So, uh, I'm like you, I don't know enough about it to be a, a subject matter expert, but I am curious mm-hmm. because it's a significant piece of legislation is assigned.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've no people in our community where it has been too late, especially women with breast cancer. Um, so yeah.
1: Well, like last time when I was on Jenna's show, I mean, time goes just like that. And, uh, you know, to show you, I'm not kidding everybody. Uh, I've been working on this. This will go to somebody. And, uh,
2: looks so pretty.
1: you know, Jenna comments on my stuff and we made that work last time. Wanted to keep it going this time. You know, I, I really, you know, value these times, right. You know, and it's kind of cool because, you know, I don't know a lot of veteran podcasters or veteran content creators, truly veteran niche content creators. Oh, this is what I'm going to ask. Let me bounce this idea off of you and see what you think one of the right. one of the no one of the challenges i find being a veteran content creator podcaster is you go to spotify which i love that platform a lot apple google stitcher iheart right and there's no military veteran category for us
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what i'm finding yeah. out is if you're not careful you'll get lumped into some category where there's no real way to distinguish yourself or you've got to really make sure your, your, your backend stuff is on point. What do you think about that? Have you ever thought about that? Is it, is there anything that, you know, you would have to tell the old guy like me what to do better? I'm just curious.
2: So I am new to the podcast world and when I set it up, yeah, I realized there wasn't any like military veteran, category, this category for everything. Uh, so I think I ended up putting it under government. I thought really? maybe that would be a good match because what else would be under government? I mean,
1: this is what I'm talking about. Like, what are you supposed to do? And, and, and I could see the value or, or the, the, the a good idea of doing it under government, but I really don't know what to do anymore. and I don't know what to tell people either. So I, it's just a very perplexing problem when you start thinking about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And um especially under Spotify. I mean, I don't know. That is that's an issue I think we should bring some light to. And maybe we could uh the coalition could make a change somehow.
1: We will inform the coalition. Yeah. Get consensus. That's my a great start. Well, I keep saying last thing, last thing, but I, I just, I'm having a great time folks. And when you have a great time, you just can't shut down, but all good things come to an end. Now, Jenna, if, if I'm listening to this and I'm watching this, how do I get plugged into what you do on Sunday nights with the millennial veteran or your millennial veteran, you know, space?
2: So we go live every Sunday at 9 PM Eastern time have a new veteran on um I'm also thinking of putting in a few open mic nights so if you if you want to stop by anytime you see me live I might kidnap you bring you on the live you guys can see Travis on there (laughs) um and that my Instagram is at the Millennial Veteran and then we have a Facebook group called the Millennial Veterans if you search that uh, you can you can join if you're interested. We also are on YouTube and on podcasts under Vet Chats.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Now you have a link tree too, right?
2: Yes. Yes. And I post, um, various links. Like today I have a link up about how you can get a free national parks pass as a veteran or military,
1: uh, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Well, I'll have all that information the Oscar Mike Radio show post. You don't want to miss out on this. And if you're just a civilian looking for a different perspective on veterans, stop on by. And if you're, no matter what age you are, you can learn something from anybody, I believe. And Jenna, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking with me. It's been a blast. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Travis. I, I really look up to you as a fellow host. So thank you so much.
1: Well, she's on the move. We are mission and flight. I'm Travis. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.
0: Join us on National Wreaths Across America Day, December 16th, 2023. Each December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath-laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as more than 3,700 additional locations in all 50 states, at sea and abroad. Join us by sponsoring a veteran's wreath at a cemetery near you, volunteering, or donating to a local sponsor group.
1: Thank you for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio, where our active duty service members and veterans are in action, and the mission is in flight. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, Please dial 998 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.